0: Here to Sports Stars. It's Wednesday, and that means it's time to talk Sports Stars Football, a weekly look at what happened last weekend in the Ladies Football All Ireland Championships, and also looking ahead to a big, big weekend of action as well as semi-final places are decided in senior and intermediate. Uh, there was plenty to talk about last week, some big results. When we we'll get into that all in just a couple of moments, but delighted to welcome my guest today is Monahans Neve Kenlin. And first, Neve, welcome here to sports now football hello darren thank you
1: very much it's good
0: to be back Neve, we were just talking off air that it's um july since we were last talking the very first show we did back when everything was coming back again after lockdown and since then we've enjoyed some great entertainment at club level and of course now inter intercounty
1: that's correct yeah that's right that's that's it was that long ago the modern championship was just starting when we spoke Uh, last spoke and to think it's all over now and you know obviously that the three county final um, teams have won their championships and you know in some cases they didn't get on to play their Ulster campaign because it was halted so I suppose those players are glad to have inter-county football now to to look forward to or to be involved in.
0: And you know what Neva brings me right uh, to the very first match we're going to look at And this week, it must be great to be a Monaghan supporter because I'm probably guilty here myself or here in sports stars of writing them off a little bit, but boy, on Friday Night Football, didn't they step up and give us a treat and dug out a massive victory against Tipperary?
1: Yeah, correct. Um, I suppose after the disappointment of the men the previous week, the girls certainly uh, paved the way for the for the the county. Um, yeah, a great win. Um, you know, I, I suppose these Friday night games from from the LGFA's point of view has been really brilliant and really good viewing. And you know, because as we said earlier, there's very little else on television, so it's great to watch a live match. And you know, Tipperary Monaghan definitely didn't disappoint. It was a high quality match. Um, end-to-end stuff and you know with the minimum between the teams at the end it left it a really nail-biting finish
0: My concern going into the game for Monaghan because the, you applied your trade in Division 2 this season Tipperary had come back to first day against Galway arguably had a Chance there to get a draw out of the match too, and the form seemed to be with them. And with Monaghan not having played a competitive match since March as well, there was always the fear of being undercooked at the start. Boy, I I barely set my seat to watch the game, and it was nine points to one.
1: That's correct. Yeah, Monaghan really got off to a flying start. It's maybe something that's eluded them in, in in previous games and in, in in the league this year and, and in in previous years. And um, you know we we're always slow to start, but this you know definitely um, Friday night we. Uh, the, the team got really got stuck in from 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 the get go, and I think uh, Tipperary were probably slightly shell shocked by the whole thing and really didn't have had very few attacks in in those t- first twenty minutes. Um, where Monaghan were, as you said, nine nine one up, eight points up, which was a, a, a brilliant um, start to the game and very high paced and some top quality scoring across the board. <laughs>
0: Leave. Do, do you feel yourself? Um, because I suppose Monaghan's last year had a disappointing championship campaign. Of course, have been relegated to Division Two in recent years as well. Did they feel it a point to prove? Because while many people were making Tipperary favourites for this game, this is a Tipperary team that only came up from Intermediate last year, or relegated two years ago. And if anything, Monaghan would have more a championship pedigree at, at the top level than Tipperary would.
1: Yeah, I think I think maybe sometimes the, the underdog tag might suit and Um I definitely think they had that tag and they were looking, you know, I suppose to go out and perform. They've done it over the last couple of months and talking to the girls since things have come back. They've put a lot of work in. The management team is a, a great management team. Um, you know, very the very positive um atmosphere in the camp. And I suppose all those things bode well for um, you know, they were gonna just sort of throw off the shackles and, and go out there and, and give give it the best shot. And the fact that you know, I suppose it was it was a, a feature game on a Friday night. Um, I suppose they knew that there was going to be a, a big, uh, a big crowd watching. I suppose, and um, they really they really went about it. Um, went went about the work um, for the first twenty minutes very very well.
0: There's a lot of players we could talk about with Monaghan too. In particular, in that early stage, I want to give a mention to Akira McInnesby and Ellen McCarron driving on Monaghan to build up what proved to be a very critical lead.
1: Yeah, they they were they were instrumental. I think, you know, a lot of the, the ball that was given to Kira McInnesby, if if it was even 60-40, she was winning it, you know, 60-40 against her, she was winning it. So she uh, she was a real torment in the tip right um really uh, defence in the early on. Um, and Ellen McCarran, like once she got space on that left foot, she'll swing it around um, and kick it over Barron and had a couple of great scores. And then I can't go and mention Cora Courtney's work rate across the board. I think she... Like if there was a, um, you know, a a tie gunner, she would have been like covered. I'd say literally every blade of grass on that pitch the other night, and um, she had a brilliant, a brilliant performance, and was like in defence, and you know, the link between both, both um, defence and forward. So she had a really super game as well.
0: I was going to ask you about Cora because she was definitely my favourite performer on the pitch that day because even there and I mentioned it to Kieran Murphy when he, he was on with us on Monday in the third half it was like just one example of Cora's performance it was plenty in the game but six Tipperary players around her in the closing stages we'll talk about some of the big decisions that happened early in the match in a moment and she had the composure to hold on to possession look for the option I think it was Shauna Coyle the one that received the pass that proved to be the winning score.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, you know, she's, she's, I suppose, her experience is there. Cora's been involved with the county team and being a big name for the, for over 10, 12 years at this stage. And, you know, that I think that's what actually helped to ground out the victory the other night. And, um, you know, the players, that's, that's the experienced players, really showed and showed the, to the fore. And, you know, when was needed, they held on to the ball and, you know, released, you know, they, they were very sensible in the way they attacked, especially when it was so close at that, you, you know, one mistake would bring Tipperary right back into it
0: we have to t- feel for tipperary two good performances two player of the match displays with two 1.0 one-point defeats and their season is over
1: yeah it is it's tough this year you know i mean i suppose this year has is a tough way because it you know it's only the top the first the top team that comes out and yes tipperary have been uh, just one point defeat in both games, um, but I think as much as I I, I do feel for them, I think they look into this year considering they only come up from intermediates, and I know it's supposed to be knocking on the door this last couple of years. Um, and it's very evident that they're well and truly a senior a senior team, um, and I think that the experience of of those games will stand to them for next year. And I, I think they look forward to the year ahead of twenty twenty one.
0: I know she didn't have it all her own way on Friday night, especially due to Jennifer Duffy's hard work. But even though Tipperary out of the championship early, is Ashley Maloney a realistic contender for an Ulster?
1: Oh, she is very much so. Like I mean, one ten against Galway last week, uh, one seven against Monaghan Friday night. You know, I mean, she's 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 got everything. She's got speed, height. You know, very very skillful. And um, you know, she can score from any angle. And you know, just even the little cuteness of. You know, just noticing the Man defence wasn't just fully aware on the line, and she banged in a goal from you know a quick free, 13 yards out, and banged into the roof of net. Because, you know, she just has that, you know, something that you really can't teach. She's got, um, you know, she's got everything really, and um, she's, uh, and I think she's so still so young, so she's a really star for the future she, for many more years
0: <laughs> she is a star for the game and and, and, and long way to last because she's uh, ways, she plays the game and goes in the attack or seven Roisin Howard as you mentioned got those two goals and all of a sudden Tipperary were back in this match and you definitely you'd have to feel the momentum was with Tipperary to be back level based on how the half win. but Monaghan showed great character we talked about Cora Courtney already and some other players as well uh, near the end of the match there was a couple of big moments let's talk with the first one Ellen McCarran's yellow card I don't know if it was a bunch of ticks or not because it felt very, very harsh.
1: Yeah, I I spoke to Ellen after the game because I was fortunate enough to be at the game and um she she said that she spoke she said to him like he said to her, the referee said to her that she was on a four tick, that you know, that was a consistent fouling, a persistent fouling. Um but she tried to explain to them that she was the Monaghan number 11 and she, that she hadn't fouled too many times before that. So I don't know whether we got mixed up with, with the numbers or whatever, but it did seem very harsh. And at the time, Monaghan was a pint up, I think, and almost six, seven minutes to go. So it was a big task for Monaghan to hold out. And then losing kieran McInnesby through injury right after that, you know, was very well, you know, it was, it was tough on Monaghan to try and play with 14 players and to lose Kieran McInnesby all at the same in the same couple of minutes.
0: Well, it could have been massive, and Kieran mentioned that as well on Monday night, it was a mix-up between the Monaghan and the Tipperary number 11. As it turned out in the Monaghan side of things, it wasn't a massive factor, but of course, if Tipperary had won this game by a point and this was coming out afterwards, you would be asking an awful lot of questions.
1: Definitely. So, like, you know, and I, you know, everyone referees can make mistakes and they're only human. Um but it seemed like it seemed like it definitely wasn't for the tackle that she you know, obviously gave away a free at that moment. But it definitely didn't seem like it was for it. So I don't know whether it was it was persistent foul but thankfully and thankfully for Ellen's sake and for the team's sake that um you know that they're they they won the game in the end.
0: On the other side of things, then you would have had a better view of, of of this, so you might be able to like Ashley Maloney was jumping up for a ball Again, the end. It seemed to be—I wasn't too sure was it giving us a free out for a nudge. Was it? Was she near the square or not? Again, there was a lot of people in social media too thought this was very harsh. And again, on the Tipperary side of things, a massive call because Tipperary were trying to chase some form of salvation.
1: Yeah, it's actually, I w- I was in the opposite side. I was in this in the stand, so it was the opposite side of the camera. From my angle, I actually thought she did nudge. Um, it nudged the player, which I think was Nicola Fahi, that was closest to her. Um when I saw it back, um, re- replayed back, you could see very evident that she just jumped up with her two hands, and she didn't seem like she did push anyone. But I suppose maybe the referee was looking it from the same angle as as we were from our side, and maybe he did deem her to have um, to have nudged the player or pushed the player and, and caught the ball then. But I suppose it's it is it is very hard on, on Tipperary for that. Like, and I think it's I think it's a wee bit harsh on the two teams that that was the whole talking point from Friday night's game that seemed to overshadow the whole the fact of the whole game you know because I think it was a really good game for both teams and a really good advertisement for ladies football and it's just a pity that that one decision sort of overshadowed the whole the whole game you know and I suppose it, it did obviously had a big impact on the game but it's just a pity. But,
0: but as you say that too, we're going to finish with the positive note as well because even as you touched on as well, Niamh, there was six or seven minutes after Ellen McCarran had gone off. There was only a point in the game at the time as well so there was plenty of times but like the way Monaghan with 14 players got two crucial scores near the end. We talked about Cora setting up uh, Sean Coyle already. You know, Monaghan dug it out. They deserved their victory. Have to call it out over the 60 minutes.
1: Yeah, I think they did. Like, you know, and I think another positive thing from Monaghan's point of view, nine different scores. Um, from 17 points to score 17 points, nine different scores, uh, fourteen from play. and you know, that's all, all of those things bodes well. The only thing I was probably a wee bit concerned about and, and not to go into the negative, but you know, didn't create that many goal chances. And I suppose going forward and looking to, to for next weekend, you know, we'll have to create more goal chances and and obviously take them. I think there's only one or two real sort of half goal chances in, in the whole game for from man's point of view. So um that but otherwise very positive and um you know they really showed great character to grind out the victory.
0: As you mentioned, there next week's game is Monaghan against Galway. In a bit, we'll go talk about that—the massive match next week. One of the two games we'll be focusing on. But we'll we we'll, we'll go on to the other game we're looking at from last week. And there's a few uh, sports stars in ladies football and like Camogie making headlines for their achievements this weekend. None more so than Sir Noonan from Cork. Uh, she's been called up to the Ireland so- soccer yeah. team. She scored two goals in the FA Cup semi-final. And she paved the way for the Cork footballers who were coming in a similar situation like Monaghan against Tipperary. They were coming in cold against a Kerry side. They were very, very impressive the previous week with Saoirse Noonan. 1-1 she scored. Uh, Kiro Sullivan put another point. And Cork all of a sudden were doing what Cork do. There were five points up in the first four minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Saoirse, it was, a, it was a super goal. And, um, you know, she, she she's proven the point and actually... You know that that two goals the next day with Cork City, like so she really is um a, a real, you know your typical soccer goal goal hunter, and she she took her chance very, very well. um yeah, Cork, like you know, she can never write them off. um you know, they started, I suppose like any of the teams, I suppose over the weekend that hadn't played where the were the previous week were off, they seemed to start their each game that you know the team that had they were playing had a game under the belt. They still still seem to start the game very strongly, you know, considering they hadn't had a competitive game in so long. Um, but yeah, the the Cork were were impressive. Um, I thought Kerry did very well to come back into that game. Uh, a couple of points from Louise, Newer Lou, or, or Louise that um, and some great scores from Horse who scored ten in, in in total eight from frees. Um, but yeah, Cork. So you can never write them off. And as I said, you know, the Sullivan sisters with the experience of Duran and Kira. Um, you know, held them strong at the
0: end. There on Friday when I was daring to suggest the shock was on the cards Rena was smiling at me in one, in one way but it, it showed the threat Kerry had and as you said there, they got themselves back into the game. They actually were in front at halftime and Chief Rocher added another score after the break to make it 10 points to 1-5. But it just its Cork's experience. We've talked an awful lot about Camogie Ladies Football, how the big teams make their purple patches count. And between the thirty-second minute and the 40 minute, Cork outscored Kerry by six points to nil, and all of a sudden, then Kerry were chasing the game again.
1: Yeah, yeah, that 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 purple patch seemed to to really step up. And as they said, the experienced players after your know, Sullivans like popped in with the scores at that stage. And you know, in defence, Melissa Duggan, pl- uh, player of the match performance. You know, she was rock solid. Um, you know, in during that time, to you know, Martin O'Brien's kickouts were very good. She had a couple of sort of saves, you know, knocked the ball onto the onto the crossbar, and um, a couple of saves as well during that time. And then Orla Finn shooting, you know, I mean, it's, it was, at times it was a bit of a shootout between her and Louise. But um, like Orla Finn shooting has been, has been, it's great to have a free taker like her, um, in in your your ranks that you know that you no matter where it is, she's going to be able to pop it over the bar.
0: Yeah she got five points in the game but as you mentioned Melissa Duggan too she made some great runs especially in that third quarter one of them a free that was won by Orla Finn there was another goal chance too both goalkeepers Martina O'Brien pulling off a fantastic stop from Andrea Murphy I think yeah. it was at one stage it was the standout but also uh, Kira Butler had to, was called upon on a couple of occasions to keep carrying it
1: Yeah that's right she, did, she um, and a couple of sort of last gasp goal chances are, 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 you know, just saved off the line too yeah so she, yeah, she was very good as well. Um, I suppose Kerry would be disappointed that, they, you know, at times they had chances they didn't take. They kicked a few poor wides at times um, when, you know, they needed to keep the pressure on Cork. Um, but it was, uh, you know, as I said, Cork's just, just a wee bit of expense. And you went to slow things down when the when the clock was starting to come any other time. And then the pressure was on for Kerry to have to go for a goal as opposed to try and get points, tip away at the point. So. And, um, you know, again, that's just experience and it just follows through with Cork.
0: Kerry did get a few scores near the end. Louise, we heard she took uh points there from a free in the closing stages and we thought she might have tried to wattle it at the goal because Kerry were trying to get something out of it. And but as I say they were left chasing the game, and unfortunately for Kerry, who've made progress this year, we've seen their league form, they just left themselves too much to do at the end.
1: Yeah, I, it's funny, actually, I, I saw. I thought Louise might have, there was about a minute and just over a minute and a half left on the clock at that stage. And I did think Louise might, you know, take a shot and, and for for what was worth, just maybe try a shot at, um, low and hard at the goal goals. Because there was a lot of Cork yards on, on the line, but I just thought she might. Because evidently the kick out was kicked out. And because it was two in at that stage, a kick was kicked out and um, it was won by Cork. And Saoirse Noonan showed her soccer style. And, <laughs> her skills and she ran about 40 yards soccer style and then picked it up and, and kicked the ball over the bar so you know there's still in time for, for Corks so just to put that tree between us
0: I have to admit myself and I don't have any fa- a- 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 any favourites like you know we've all obviously we'll cheer on our own county at times but you mentioned there with Saoirse Noon and in the run you're just going ahead. head she's mentioned and she stuck that in the top corner <laughs>
1: I actually was thinking the exact same. I was like, "God, is she going to go all the way and, and get exactly that kicking, in, kicking, or sticking in the top corner?" But she, uh, she picked it up. She went back to her Gaelic style and kicked it up, picked it up, and kicked it over the bar. So that was just a, so that was the seconds on the clock at that stage. So that was just uh, confirming the victory.
0: Cork won fourteen. Kerry fourteen points. It finished. A quick word of next week. Cork have to get something against Kevin you feel they're going to get it with something to spare. I'd imagine poor Cavan, like they can't really qualify unless they won by t- 27 or 28 points or something a high figure like that. We'd be expecting Cork to just get the job done next week And, and
1: yeah. I, I, and far, I so. Yeah. Like I think Cavan will, I suppose Cavan probably had high hopes against Kerry. Having Kerry first might have thought the Cork was the, the bigger scalp um, for them. But, you know, the started well, I watched that game the weekend before and, um, and you know it started well at times, and and it was played in awful conditions. The weather was terrible that day, and and rain and wind, Um, but they just never really got going enough. And once Kerry got a couple of goals, they, it sort of ran through them. So I think it's going to be similar enough the weekend. I think as he said, Cork will just get the job done, and you know what, whatever they need to do, just get over the game, they'll, they'll do it. So we're
0: expecting Cork in the semi-finals. A quick word on the another uh, of the games, the game you you watched as well, Dublin and Waterford. Like with Dublin, they're doing enough. You had a fortunate goal against Donegal, but you couldn't say they weren't deserving of the victory. And even though Waterford kept at them and at them uh, on Saturday, they still got over the line and automatically booked their semi-final place.
1: Yeah, again, it's it's back to the experience, Ted, again. Like, you know, I I thought Dublin looked at times, like there was definitely, like Waterford created um, a lot of chances and, you know, probably showed up a few maybe holes in their defence at times um, and, you know, to a great goal scored. Um, they got a great goal as well, Waterford. Um, but it just took a bit of experience, like Lindsay Davey. I think Sinead Goldrick was a big loss to, to Dublin at the weekend. I think when she's not playing for Dublin, it seems to, to sort of just, you know, they're missing a, a chink in their armour sort of and, and it, you sort of find more holes. I think the, all the coverings Sinead Goldrick does in a match, it, it's maybe missed when she's not there. Um, but yeah, they just got the scores when they needed them. Um, Dublin and Waterford just, you know, didn't. They had plenty of chances, but they didn't take them all. And that sort of team against when you're playing the All Ireland champions, you need to score at every opportunity. And unfortunately, Waterford didn't.
0: One thing we do know, Dublin, is that whoever they do play in that semi-final, they're well capable of scoring. There's one murder match. We just had a quick look on Mayo. They're bowing the competition as well. I watched that one myself, and pretty much they dominated the game from start to finish. It took them a while to really make a count on the scoreboard, but. Uh, Mayo looked very, very impressive and like four seventeen to four point victory
1: over Tyrone. Yeah, very, very impressive. Um, I suppose they set their stamp on the game very early on, and um, you know the ball in the net after twenty three seconds. Um, and you know they do. They look, you know, Sarah Rowe is finding her, her brilliant form again. Uh, scored two nine. You know, um, they brought subs on. Uh, Grace Kelly, Deirdre Doherty came on and scored one two off the bench. So they definitely have um, a great. Uh, you know, they've, they've a good panel of players and, you know, again, they'll be looking to, um, for that semi-final spot. So it'll be a big game with them and Arma the weekend. I like listening to Sports Daz because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly.
0: And that sets us up nicely for the second half of the show. You can get all those results on sportscast.ai. And there's also match reports on all the senior championship games as well. We've talked about Dublin in the semifinals. We've uh, Cork effectively in the semifinals. We're going to stay with our Mayo and our man a moment. Um, Cork and Cavan. we've mentioned a quick word, Tony Gold and Waterford. big Bone even said it himself. Was the gap there, Neve, to have the extra week so we could have quarterfinals? Because it just seems an awful shame. The shame when anyone goes out of any championship, but it seems an awful shame that these two teams at the dead rubber match are done and dusted.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's a pity the way it worked out, and um, that it is that way, that it is a dead rubber match. But um, I suppose, like <laughs> I, I do feel, I can understand mixed um, opinion on that. But uh, firstly, I suppose this year we never thought we'd have any football, and to have any, you know, for Donegal to get those two matches in the Championship and the same at Waterford as much as it it's their year over you know it was great to get any football and I think that if things you know you've no idea what will happen in the next week or two to see what you know even with the, the whole COVID situation so I suppose as much as we have a spare week I think it, it, it it's it's great to get any football at all I think the, the team should be will be happy with that
0: yeah, look, we all knew going in this is the way it was going to be as well. And I say it's yeah. a pity for those two counties, but I have no doubt they'll bounce back as well. Of course, we do have two mouth-watering games this weekend, and um, we'll, uh, we'll talk about our respective counties in a moment. But of course, let's go <laughs> to, to the, uh, the, the the game we just touched on, though. Ermeo and Armagh, you just made a point. If you're playing Dublin, you have to score. These two teams are well capable of scoring.
1: Yes, absolutely. And Arma proved that in their in their six sixteen that scored against Throne. Um, you know, they they were phenomenal that night. Um the only thing like, you know, as you just said it they're, they're they're able to score. Um I would worry for Armad that their defense um leaked a lot of scores against Throne that night. As you can see, the three thirteen. Um and some of those goal chances were very easily, you know, they they seemed to go straight through the center um so for mayo this weekend arma will really have to tighten up the defense um because they as you said up front their their forwards are are very sharp and very good Ethan McCoy scored three goals amy macken needs no introduction after going back after a crucis getting player of the match award and then of course Carly ohanlon who seems to play in a kind of a, a corner forward role coming out and sort of you know sort of playing where she wants out around the middle of the field so um as I said, Armagh going forward are very, very good, but they'll need to tighten up the defense a lot more for playing the likes of Mayo. Amy
0: Mackin has the potential to be the X factor in this game. Of course, they lost by a goal in Astor's quarter final to Mayo. And we we'll go back to the defense part in a moment because I think it's an important point. But even when I just looking at the team here that played against Tyrone, and as you, you've gone through the scores there already, if our can get a foot at the start of this game, they can really ask some questions of Mayo that when while you look at the defensive um concessions that they both did against Tyrone, uh, at least Tyrone asked questions of Armadas they didn't ask questions off of Mayo.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um and I don't know whether it was because they played the previous two weeks before that in the Ulster Championship, um whether they just had sort of knew how to, to work on that a bit better. Um but yeah, like Tyrone didn't get going at all against Mayo. Um and I'm sure they're very disappointed with that because you know, I I think they would have felt three thirteen to to score three thirteen would win a lot of matches. But, you know, against Armada to score three thirteen, I think they would have felt it, it could win most matches. But, you know, they, they never really got going against Mayo. And you'd have to probably compliment Mayo that obviously they didn't give them a chance. and um, They started early or, you know, got into the game early and didn't give them any chance of, of trying to get back into it. So if Armada are to, to get over Mayo the weekend, they will have to do that. They will have to start... Not like they did against Tyrone because they give Tyrone a head start that day playing against them that night too. So they need to start um, very early on in the game and get a, a good foothold on, on, on it before to, to win.
0: I need to ask the question of Mayo too, because they're just looking at the Mayo forwards as well. as well. Sarah Rowe was the star of the show in that game against Tyrone Grace Kelly, uh, prominent with three points too. But the two Doherty's, Fiona and Deirdre, coming off the bench, she just goes to show the options that Peter Leahy has. He didn't have need Kelly playing this game either. And Rachel Kearns uh, didn't have the, the impact on it that she's well capable of having the next day too. Yeah. So they have a lot of options. And of course, let's even go back to the midfield with Aileen Gilroy and Claudia McMillan.
1: That's correct, yeah, and I, I was kind of surprised to see um, Deirdre Doherty, Doherty not starting and, and Rachel Cairns coming off, um, but, you know, that that's proves, as you said it there, that the, the, the probably there, he's done a lot of expanding on the on the panel and, you know, he's a lot more options, and as we said, I think, you know, Sarah Rowe could be linked there of trying to, because I think she's had a few upside-down kind of years there, the last couple of years, so she really seems like she's she's um, firing on all cylinders this year, so that'll be a big boost to Mayo. We,
0: we were talking about the defences there, and like Claude McCambridge is really settling the full-back for Armagh this year. But Mayo have that bit more experience, that bit more steel down the middle with Dana Finn, Roisin Durkin behind her as well. That's going to be important down the middle, as you mentioned about how Tyrone exploited gaps in the opening round against Armagh. But also, I suppose, the matchups as well. Who picks up, Sarah Rowan, who picks up Amy Mackin?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was actually just thinking about that. Like, I'm sure, you know, I mean, like, Arma, I suppose, have had have, have had the extra week. They would have had the opportunity to see Mayo playing last weekend, Um so they would have looked at, you know, who who they'll be have someone lined up to to pick up um to pick up Sarah Rowan. I suppose she plays sort of a roving role where Amy stays in Amy Mackin on the on the flip side, Amy Mackin stays in closer to goals, and they're looking for. You know, it, it'll be a really interesting game. Um, I'm not a better person, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be uh, putting, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if it was a draw. It'll be just so little between the teams.
0: I think it's one thing before I ask you for an official prediction. I think it's one thing we're guaranteed to be entertained in this match, and it's great that it's live on TV. TG Carr, quarter past three now in Parnell Park. The time has changed, if anybody hasn't heard that. But it's the quarter past three in Parnell Park, and no different to the Friday night games that we watched the last couple of weeks. We're going to enjoy this one.
1: Yeah, definitely so. Like, and as you said, I think like the fact that it's complements the LGFA that they've they've been able to, you know, the games is not live with TG4; they're streaming all the games. So I think it's a great, it's been great for ladies football, and and there's been some really cracking games all through the, the the divisions in junior and in intermediate, um, and it's been it's brilliant for for football, ladies football in in general because it's open, it's been opened up to a much wider audience, and people are getting to really appreciate it. It is, like,
0: like even there with the current restrictions going on where we've been limited movement here ourselves, it's great to be able to sit back and watch two or three quality matches across the various different gra- grades at home. And uh, obviously we, we'd we all love to be getting back to games more often and hopefully that happens early next year. Niamh, call it. Who's going to play Dublin in the semi-final?
1: Um, I think Aramal, by a point.
0: Armagh, you know, just
1: you get the feeling there's something about them there. If they
0: can deal yeah. with the Mayo attack, but well, I'm sure Peter, Peter lee is listening. We know here. I was going to say, one more fan <laughs> of the, the show. Uh, I wonder if Pierre-Lee might be listening <laughs> to this as well. <laughs> well Arma is the prediction there uh, to go in and play. But we're looking forward to that game, three fifteen on Saturday. Now, the final game we're looking at, we won't fall out over the next five minutes, but it's no, Monaghan no, no. against Galway. And I'll say it straight from what I've seen of both teams. You know, Galway are going to this game as favourites. There's no shadow of that. They are in the All-Ireland final last yeah. year. Um, But Monaghan have arrived in this championship and they've probably woken up after a two-year slumber, and Galway will know that.
1: Yeah, um definitely so um i suppose like Monaghan would have had obviously back in the day would have had a great tradition and you know we've the last couple of years we've been sort of at, the, at a low ebb um but i think the management team that's in place at the moment have really brought the team together they've brought you know a bit of experience and and youth that minor team from 2018 um or 2019 actually minor team from last year a few of them girls have come into that thing so you know, monhans on on and up. I I mean it maybe it's a wee bit too, too far for this year, but definitely they're they're going the right way about it.
0: It definitely won't fear Galway. Just looking at the Galway stats here from the first day, um, like Galway, these players that were, like the young players, like the Monaghan players you were talking about a moment ago, a few years ago, are now really driving this team on. Olivia Dively and Louise Ward do it for Kilcourne, Clonburn and Galway in the middle of the fields. Great goal from Lucy Hannon the last day, but with Galway, we were 110 to 5 points up at halftime against Tipperary. I know it was the first day as well. We don't want to read too much into it. You would imagine imagined you would have got to make sure the job was done much easier than you did. it.
1: Yeah, well, I know. Like we spoke earlier about the conditions, and that's the, the, the problem of a winter championship. You're going to have days where it's going to be really wet and windy. And that particular day, uh, Galway and Tipperary was a game of two halves. Um, but similar to Monaghan, like you know, they let eight points up and let Tipperary right back into it, and we're fighting at the end just to to, to pull it, keep it, keep the one point, um, the margin they had at the at the end. So you know Galway would be I'm sure their management will be disappointed and and there'll be a lot of um soul searching for the last over the last two weeks or last week and this week um ahead of that game, and that I'm sure they watched Monhan the other night and they' be looking at, at at the fact that Moham let them back in and let let Tipperary back into it as well, so you know both managements have a lot of um work to do this week to get ready for for the weekend.
0: And such an important game as well. Looking at Monaghan first, of course, we mentioned how they dug it out at the end, and they'll definitely take confidence out of that. But as you mentioned as well, it still conceded 2-10 Tipperary, the two goals when they were dominating the game, dare I say. And that is something they cannot afford to let go You get a sniff, because while Galway didn't drive it home the last day, they have plenty of players there that will gladly take those chances if they arrive.
1: That's right. Like and you the aforementioned Ward twins, um, you know, the the Leonards, Tracy and, and um then Megan Glynn was really, I thought she was really good the last day um against Severary. So I mean they've got they've got scores in in abundance, Galway, um, you know, very strong running to do it, you know, they're probably a more um the, a running team, they you know, that the, the run with the ball more than, than kick it, where I think Mollins will be different, they, they do a lot more kicking um but it really it will be just on, on I suppose i think the conditions will have an effect on it if it's a i hope it's a it's a calm day and it's not really windy because it'll spoil the game a little bit, but I think it has the potential to be a really really good match because you know both teams have really um flown uh, scoring forwards and it'll be really interesting to see how it how it goes.
0: It certainly will too, and likewise, will Galway. You mentioned Nicola Ward there a moment ago, and they have Charlotte Cooney, Sinead Burke was very, very played uh, a crucial role as well at times to to stop Ashley Maloney scoring even more as well. Sure. There'll be yeah. big key names in the Galway defense, no doubt. They'll be instructed to pick up the likes of Kieran McInnes, and, and McCarren, the big names, Man and June. again It all comes down to matchups.
1: Yeah, as I said, uh, you know the fact that the, the teams were able to. Watch the you know the games that the games were streamed or they were live on television. That you know that the, the management can get really analysed the games this week and I'm sure the stat men and, and the people who are analysing will be flat to the mat all week. Um, on, from both counties and um, working on on what they need to work on. Um, but it as I said it'll be um you know the matchups will be important. But you know I think at the start, uh, whatever team gets 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 a good start could stand. To them
0: the fact is, like, and even in touching our man, the previous game as well. The fact that Galway have had a week off since that match and a game under their belts, the same as Monaghan, does it give them a slight advantage, or like it's still a nine-day turnaround from Monaghan and they have that adrenaline from the win against Tipperary? Is there an advantage for either team?
1: Um, well, I think I suppose it depends if there's any injuries picked up. I suppose the fact that you know Kieran picked up a knock last week, um, you know, maybe an extra week would suit her better. Um, and then you know if, if on, on the flip side if Galway had any knocks they maybe the extra week suited them but I think that as you just said it there the momentum um, is probably you know Monaghan's on a high this week after that win um, and they will be hoping that the adrenaline stuff will push them through to, to the weekend and hope that um, you know it's, it's a big ask playing the team that was you know contested and on you know an all Ireland final last year it's going to be a big step up from Monaghan but you know I think they'll they'll relish it.
0: I've no doubt they'll relish it as well. And of course, being that position, they would have they would have snapped their hand off even a week ago as well. Um,
1: dare I put you on the line? Do you want to call us? I want to answer with my heart, or what? <laughs> I think. Um, oh God, it's very hard to say. I think. <sighs> I think if Monaghan can play, I think if Monaghan could play for the way they did for the first 20 minutes last week for the full game, I think there's no doubt that they'll, they'll be in the shake-up at the end of it. Um, that's a very diplomatic not answer, isn't it?
0: I <laughs> think it was a fair yeah. answer as well because even, I said, oh, hanging in this one scene, we are doing Monaghan against he Goalie here for a moment. Okay. A lot, I think I call myself, but I have to call him my scene too, Um. Uh, Galway, you know, you the favorites of the game. They, they have that bit more experience now across the board, but they're going to have to work for it. And if anyway, like they give Monahan a chink, we just saw what Monahan did against Tipperary a match. Galway went in his favorites against Tipperary, but nobody was giving Monahan a chance. And it's uh, Galway will, I, I think Galway will get the knowledge, but they'll have to earn it.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. Um, I think that, that they will have to earn it, and they'll have to, you know, they'll have to, um, be very, uh, like, you know, start the game well and, you know, not drop off like they did against Tripperary, not sort of go to sleep and, and like, let a, an eight-point um, deficit behind them. So, if they do that, if they give Monahan, as you said, if they give Monahan a chance to um, see that there's a, a win there, they show the character they showed last week, they show that again this week, you never know.
0: Anytime these two counties have met in knockout action, it's always been a thriller, regardless of what way it went. One o'clock, Carrick and Shannon, on Sunday. Not live in telly, but it'll be live streamed. I don't have the details at the moment, but I'm assuming it's on the Ladies Football Facebook page or they'll instruct how to get there that is for sports dance football uh, again great weekend last weekend where some teams qualified some teams were eliminated and we'll be down to the final four next um, after next Sunday have any particular game out of the whole four that you're really looking forward to the most or is it just one and go uh, <laughs> uh,
1: no it probably the, the other one is probably Armagh Mayo I think we've, we've covered it there but I think that's going to be a really really good game because you know two very similar type of teams so and um, you know, type of experience and across the board, I think that's gonna be a really, really good game. So I hope I hope it is. I hope we I hope it is as good as I, I hope it will be.
0: Well you certainly know Myself and we are doing Saturday at three fifteen. We've been watching the at least in Parallel Park. <laughs> Niamh, thanks a million for joining us. Absolutely a great show. Good. Thanks, Darren.